Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Cool Down. This is our first episode for 2021. How's everyone feeling? We're all good, man. Feeling good. Very good. I don't like that comment, Nick. Everyone had a good break in December, so everyone decided to show up. We've got a full house today. Full house. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us, Mossa. You look the show, man. I see Bet's, Bet's hair's grown, Claudia's hair's grown, uh, Richard's got a bit of Cinti's moustache going on there. <laughs> yeah, so Rich, so I spoke to Rich about this earlier. What he's trying to do is part of the agenda uh, highlighted the fact that the last time West Ham won a trophy was the FA Cup, and I think that was in 40 years ago. So he's trying to go with that look and feel. I think that's he's trying to, <laughs> trying to be nostalgic about it. Am I right, Rich? Spot on, bro. Trevor Brooking That's exactly what I've gone for, man. <laughs> well, um, we might as well, I mean, seeing as we're talking about your stash, we might as well kick off the first game that we're going to be discussing tonight. And that's the Everton-West Ham results. And I mean, it was a good one for you guys. What is your overall feeling about it? What is the performance like? Rich, let us know what your, your thoughts are there. Um, delighted, obviously. Huge, huge uh, victory for us away from home at Goodison. It doesn't happen very often. I don't think many teams will go there this season and pick up three points. So, obviously, I'm over the moon, uh, especially after we had a couple of disappointing draws um, at home in the prior fixtures. We drew to Brighton. Um, we drew away at Southampton, which actually doesn't look like such a bad point now, considering they beat uh, your team, Clouds. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, delighted. I'm delighted for the boys. I'm delighted for Suchik. Gets another goal. He's just been a maverick for us this season. So, may the good times roll. Three points off the, off the top four. So, yeah, I'm buzzing. That's good, man. That's good. I think um, before we started as well, I know we're going to talk more about your game there, Rich. I just got distracted with Scott's message there and saying, Nick, um, you know, did he get his eyebrows done? Because funny, funny you say that, Scott. We were asking if he had his hair colored. I think that's what the difference is. <laughs> his hair does. His hair's popping, man. Nick, please tell us your secret, champ. Please tell us your secret. Oh, Nick's getting worried because we, we, we're, we're leaving. Uh, we discovering his secrets here, telling people the, all, all the secrets of the trade. But yeah, yeah, um, Rich, so so the result against West Ham, how did it play out exactly? It was a 1-0 game, three points for you guys. Now you, you're very close to the, the top four spot. But um, yeah, overall, how did it play out? A dull game for me. Well, I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, we kind of went toe-to-toe with them. There weren't many clear-cut chances, um, but we gave as good as they gave us. And, you know, on paper, their, their starting lineup was very strong. Obviously, they had uh, James on the bench, who they brought on to try and change the game. But I thought we really nullified any threat they had. Normally at home, they were really free-flowing, but we didn't allow them to, to play in the midfield. I thought Suchik and Rice were excellent again. Um, our our defence was solid. Um, I thought Darren Randolph... Uh, stood in really well for Lucas Fabianski, who pulled up in the warm-up. So I'm more than happy having him as our second-choice keeper. If he has to play the next couple of games, I'm happy with him in, 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 the, in between the sticks. And, you know, delighted that Antonio could get some game time. Um, and then, obviously, to get the goal when we did was key because, you know, to score in the 86th minute, it really knocked the stuffing out of Everton. And from that moment, I knew we'd gone to, to take all three points. But I thought we, we played a really, really good game of football. Our waveform this season is, I think, top five in the league. We've picked up some great points on the road. So, super proud of the performance, I must say. I didn't expect us to play as well as we did. Thomas uh, Suchak, though, he's he's seeming like your main man at the moment. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually worried that in a season or two's time, there will be big clubs coming in for him because, you know, both Suchek and Kufal, I think Suchek we paid £10 million for from Slavia and Kufal we paid £6 million. And the, both those signings look like absolute steals because mm. Suchek's our top goal scorer playing as a CDM. You know, in both boxes, he's just an absolute machine. In the air, he's one of the best we have at the club. And I think the most important thing, bringing someone like him in, is he's just such a humble character. I'm not sure if you guys uh, saw his interview after the game, but he's super, super humble. He just wants to play for the club, you know, give us all. He's not there to upset the apple cart. And obviously, it's rubbing off on the rest, on the rest of the squad because everyone seems to be pulling in the same direction. There's no animosity. There's no handbags. Everyone's just grafting really hard and the results are showing now for us. You know, yeah, you know, interesting, you know. inter, inter, interestingly, they, they were speaking about him uh, and comparing him to a, a Marouane Fellaini um, and saying that um, he's, he's similar, obviously, because also he's playing for David Moyes. And we're talking about, you know, uh, Fellaini's impact on a Everton that, 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 that was managed by Moyes. And now Suchek is having a, an influence from the middle scoring goals, you know, being dominant in the box um, on, on both ends, you know what I mean? Uh, what, what do you think of that comparison? Do you think there's, there's some similarities there? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's a slight uh, disrespect to my boy Suchek because I, I think he's better than Fellaini. But look, I mean, Moyes, Moyes loves that type of character. Hey, He loves a bulldozer in the middle of the park that's going to win balls back, that's going to make it difficult for teams to penetrate our midfield, that's going to be deadly in both boxes. So, yeah, I'm not surprised Moyes brought in a, a character like Suchek, you know, that height, that physicality, because yeah. on, a, on, a, on a good day, Rice and Suchek can really dominate the midfield. You know, they've yeah, got the true. legs, they've got the physicality, they both can tackle. And Suchek has really brought the best out of Rice as well. I think Rice struggled a bit towards the end of last season when he had Noble as his partner. You know, when, when you're having to do two players' jobs, it's difficult. But I think Suchek really helps uh, Rice out yeah. immensely. And both of them have been top class this season. So long may that continue. True. Yeah, long may that continue. In terms of what Scott was saying, the Scott, I've got a question for you. My stash or Rich's stash? Who, pulled, who wore it best? I think that's the question I want to ask. But um, Jason, Jason, Jason asked the question, the, you know, rise to, to Chelsea. And right now, would anyone want to go to Chelsea? This is what I'm thinking, guys. Mosa. I think it'd be tricky for any like attacking players to consider a move to to Chelsea or uh, midfielders or attackers. You know, uh, potentially they have more opportunities to play if you were to move as a defender to a Chelsea team right now. But that's also, you know, pretty tough. Pretty tough to gauge. I think Chelsea have went out to spend quite a bit of money over the, the past transfer season, and to find another three or four players to add to that squad is uh, quite a big challenge for Chelsea. So maybe he could come back um, end of the season or between like a, a season and a half. But for it to happen now, I think would be really, really putting a lot on his shoulders, especially given one of the current like signings. You know, you've got players like Havertz, players like Werner who aren't they, where there's a lot of question marks about them, right? And we've spent now them combined is over hundred million. So it's 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 a bit tricky to to consider more players of that position to the play. I think, but I think, but I think there, there is there is a space for Rice, especially if you think about Kovacic and uh, and Jorginho. 
um, other midfield options um, that aren't certain to start. So I think Rice can add value, but I think also Rich, Rich will want his money. You know, Rich will want you to come with a, a 75 million, 80 million pound offer for him to accept because he's got what, till 2025, 2026, somewhere there. Uh, he's got a, quite yeah. a long contract with, with West Ham. Um, so you guys have to pay up. You know, I think, I think Rich will, will sell, but at the right price. And there is, yeah, exactly. there is space. There is space. The timing it. question, the timing question, I think Mosa raised it. You know, Rice is in, a, in with a big shout to make the England squad for the Euros. And if he moves to Chelsea yeah. now and then doesn't end up playing every week, could end up lose lose his place on the on the plane, and I think yeah. the the he's playing every week for West Ham and he's performing, he's showing his quality. I, I think it'd be silly for him to leave now. You know, maybe reassessing yeah. to the yeah. end of the season, but he's in a side yeah. where he's able to. He's a big character there. He's very influential. He's doing a lot. He's a, he can be fairly confident. He's going to play a lot of football. Be, I don't think it'd be the right time for him to move anyway. Obviously, you know, a lot of these things are, you know, there's always question on it's his boyhood club and all of that stuff. So it's, 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 it's more than just a business decision for him. It would be a very emotive mm. one. But I think thinking about what he wants to achieve this year would make a lot of sense for him to stick around at, at West Ham mm-hmm. um, for, yeah. uh, for at least the rest of the season and maybe even longer. He's got a lot to do. He's in a really good stays, place there. If he stays another season, I think that, 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 that'll be good for him. I think, I think maybe next yeah. season, time that Chelsea should, should try sign him. Now, I think, yeah, as you said, it's better. It's beneficial for him to stay rather, um, and and, and he's the currently the captain, you know. So yeah, he, you know, he's he's doing. Yeah, and I think uh, Rich, you're not saying much, but I'm I'm assuming you agree with that sentiment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree um, with with what everyone said. Um, obviously, he's the captain, and it's going to take a lot of money for for Chelsea to prize him away. He's just signed a new deal, like Celo said. It is his boyhood club, so I w- wouldn't be surprised if he ends up there in a couple of years' time. But I completely agree. I just think this season would be a bit of a push, especially with the financial implications of the of COVID and everything like that. Chelsea have spent a lot of money. It wouldn't make sense for all parties involved. So I think that rumour can kind of be crushed until next season. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea come in again big time to to replace potentially Jorginho, maybe Kante. Who knows, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and on the Kante front, guys, don't be a Kante. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and you know, do all the rest of the things. You know how it is on our channel. Um, yes, but, yes, um, <laughs> but um, moving on, so, so Rich, yeah, very good results. You guys are doing well for the championship. I, I'm still, you know, based on how the league is pretty much going <laughs> at this stage, why not throw Arsenal in there for title contenders? I, I think West Ham, West Ham are title contenders, but let's talk about the title contenders right now. Man United 2-1 against Aston Villa. I know we've got our our man Scotty Too Hotty listening to you, Celo, and that's why he tunes in. He doesn't give a shit about anyone else, really. He only cares about you know his, his fellow compatriot in, in the form of a Man United fan, Celo. So what happened in this game, dude? No, it was a it was a, it was an interesting game. We always knew that it was going to be tough against Villa. Villa's played very well this season. You know, uh, they've beaten the likes of Arsenal. Um, they drew with um, Chelsea and they beat uh, Liverpool as well. So uh, tough game. Um, they 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 they. They, 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 you know, they, they had moments where they, they did scare us, especially in the second half. Uh, but in the end, you know, I think um, the, the the team that uh, uh, was going for it, uh, that had more shots, shots, uh, goal attempts, um, won in the end. Uh, and I'm just glad that we, we we got a victory at home. And you know, I think uh, that's our that's our second victory in a row at home. Um, you know, I think we, we we had been struggling, and I think that's something that you guys all mentioned on the on the 
on previous shows that Man United would have to improve their home form uh, for them to be uh, top four challengers. And I think, yeah, we've, we've definitely done that uh, with a draw against City, uh, and two victories against Wolves and Aston Villa at home. So it's looking good in terms of uh, at least trying to, to, to score some goals uh, at home. But still, I think we need to get some clean sheets, um, whether it's home or away. Um, I think that's the only way you can be a title challenger is, 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 is to have those clean sheets, you know. A match like, a match like against Wolves, for instance, you know, that's, that's, a, that's like a, a, a title you know, uh, challenging um, type scoreline. One nil at the end. You didn't really deserve to win. You probably just deserve yeah. to get a point, but you get a but you get a you get a deflection at the end of the match, um, and you've kept a clean sheet. You know, you've kept a clean sheet. You score one goal, you win. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. Man United needs to get some clean sheets. Um, some of those um, scrappy one nil, uh, two nil victories. Um, that, that 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 if if we do get that, then I definitely feel that we we can be. Um, potential uh, title challenges, but I think right now uh, all of us Man United fans are just happy just to be there in the in the in the talk. You know what I mean? You know, uh, Klopp is talking about us after a loss. You know what I mean? Mourinho is talking about us after he wins. You know what I mean? You know, he's talking about us. You know, so if these coaches are talking about us, that means we 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 are we are doing something. You know what I mean? That means we are doing something. Uh, we are we are of concern. Um, at the end of the day, uh, even if we don't win the title, um, just to actually be close is what we want um, as a second prize would be, would be too close. But obviously the first prize is to actually win it and second prize would be actually be to be close um, to, to, to the eventual winners. Hello. Um, uh, sorry. Um, Oli is obviously chopped and changed a few times in the last couple of games, the starting lineup. Would you say that that Villa... 11 that Oli put out against them was probably your best team. Is it, would you nah. agree that that's the best team that you can put out? No, nah, it's, nah, it's not my, it's not my favorite. Um, I'm not a, not a big fan of McTominay starting. Um, okay. I do understand why he starts McTominay in certain matches, but against Villa, um, he didn't necessarily need, need to. Um, I think obviously he was, he was cautious uh, uh, of, of Jack Grealish. And he wanted um, McTominay to, 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 to monitor Jack Grealish together with Juan Bissaka if he was straight to the left-hand side. But uh, I, would take out, uh, I would take out McTominay uh, and put Pogba next to Fred, rather, um, and, then, and, the, and then have um, and have Cavani in the middle and then Marshall on the left and then uh, Rashford on the right. Or, alternatively, you can have Greenwood on the right, Rashford on the left, and then Marshall through the middle. So that, that's, that, that only change I would make is McTominay to get out. Uh, but otherwise, I'm, I'm happy with the, with the rest of the team. Wouldn't you make a change to the management uh, now, or do you think uh, the board is still going to sit tight behind him and give him a lot more time to actually see where you guys <laughs> are? Uh, why are you asking the management to your club currently? Because before this, also, like, uh, if you're looking at Man United five games ago, they just, you know, had their troubles in Champions League. Uh, struggling with the in-game management. So there was a lot of questions about uh, Ole and his career at the club and the board seemed to have supported him. So I don't know if it seems as if he's won that support or it's still a long way to go. But the thing is, with, the thing is, I said it before, is that Man United weren't going weren't gonna to fire him in the middle of the season, right? You, 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 we wanted him to go out because obviously we were reacting to being out of the Champions League. All of us were, were not happy as Man United fans, but at the end of the day, the board does the same thing every single time. 
um, you know, when they fire a manager. They let a manager um, come in, they give him the money, they play, they play, get into Champions League, they continue. The next season, if the guy is struggling to make Champions League and they can see this guy won't make Champions League, then they pull the trigger, right? And that usually happens around about, around about this time or, 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 or about March. It happened with uh, with, with what's his uh, Mourinho. They pulled they they, they pulled uh, they pulled him um, probably about December time because they could see that it wasn't going that way, and he had lost the dressing room and nothing. There was no gl- uh, glimmer of hope in terms of in terms of Mourinho. So um, he's definitely earned um, his, his 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 time at the club, uh, and he's uh, I think I think the the morale in the t- in, in, in the camp is good. Uh, he's getting the best out of certain players. Um, you know, uh, we had obviously the bad news with regards to Pogba wanting to leave and stuff, but that's 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 forgotten now because Pogba is playing on the on, on the field. He's performing. Uh, whenever he's coming on, he's giving he's 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 playing for the team. Um, he was like, I've never seen Pogba defend so much. Like he was headering every single ball, every single duel um, in in the air. He was getting it against against Villa. Um, so I think obviously, yeah, I mean, um, he's gained the trust of the board. Um, and I wonder if they will back him in the transfer market now. Um, I think he does want to add one, one or two signings. Uh, but I'll, I'll, let's wait and see if they do back him. But uh, I think they'll probably, maybe they'll, they'll probably make one signing um, in this, in this, in this market. Yeah, one signing, Celo. One sign is what you think they need at the moment in time. However, the question I've got for you though is. I'm left scratching my head seeing you guys on top of the log. I mean, right now, anyone. I mean, the, the, the league is all over the place. I just don't know what's what, you know. But based on them being up there, the goals you've mentioned, it, you know, the Wolves game, you know, they kind of didn't deserve that, but they won in the end. Is that down to, like, Oli putting out a positive, like getting his team to actually just be, be, I don't know, proactive in terms of being attacking and that sort of thing moving forward, that they are getting the results? Or do you think it's just genuine things are just going for them? Because you watch them week in, week out. I don't know. I just tend to see the highlights, and I'm like, the fuck? How did this happen? So you no, tell I think me. With, with, the, with the Wolves game, um, I, you know, the one thing that, that, that the team wasn't doing, they weren't moving the ball forward. Moving the ball quite slowly, uh, and, that, and that's where you know I, I, I always predicted that Wolf would be tough because historically there's only been two goals I think between us. You know, uh, since, since since they've come back to the Premier League, it's been zero 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 zero, and then they beat us one nil. Um, so it's just been those kind of matches, and we beat them one nil in an FA Cup. So it's just been by one by one goal margins. Uh, but the one change he did do uh, about the 70th minute. He pushed Pogba up next to Bruno. So he basically played a 4-1-4-1 formation, basically. And he pushed uh, Pogba up more uh, so that he could play closer to, 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 to the striker. And that's where, uh, and that's where I, think, I think the changes came. Pogba got onto the ball more. He affected the game a bit more. Um, and he created a couple of chances. And, and, I, and I think that is where, that is where they, were, they, were, they were actually trying to, 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 to go for the goal. You know what I mean, and 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 that's where obviously if you shoot, if you don't shoot, you you won't score, right? You know what I mean. Uh, you know, so, you know, so so Rashford shot and he got the nice deflection. Selo, I'm gonna uh. go back to 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 what Mosa was saying, and and for me, I feel like Ole goes on this trend. He goes on this trend of 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 doing well, and and he sort of gets the team back into a position where we know Man United should be, and then there's the runs where. You know, after Leipzig, you were telling me that you want rid of him. 
are we not just one game away or two or three games away where they're back in the in, in a fight where maybe they're getting knocked out in the first round of the Europa League, dropping points, maybe fighting for a top four. I think Ole's done, done this too much. Is Ole going to be the manager of a, of a stature of Alex Ferguson taking you guys back to where you belong? Or is he just going to be another... I don't see Ole Gola Solskjaer being the best manager in the world, or one of the best at least. Yeah, no, listen, we, we all know his limitations in terms of uh, being a manager, right? But uh, right now, he's doing much better than 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 than, uh, than the Spanish, uh, what's his, Pulis, uh, uh, Fat, he's doing better than Fat Frank, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, he's doing, and he's doing better than, than Bruce today. Um, so, so, that's not hard. That's so, not hard. So, <laughs> so, no, because, 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 because previously, I think, um, you know, I think, Especially, especially Frank. Um, he, I don't know, man. He's been getting a free ride. Even last season, he got a free ride, uh, and this season, he's been getting a bit of free free ride. Only recent, only this year in 2021 is the only time where I've seen a focus on Frank Lampard as a coach. But before that, even when he they was trying to do badly, nothing would be said about Frank. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Man United ended third last season. Uh, um, Chelsea ended fourth. But then uh, Chelsea had a good season. Man United had a bad season. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, but only as, as a manager, um, I think, as, 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 as I've said before, his in-game management is not great. He tends to sometimes make substitutions late, but I have seen progress in that regard. He has done better. Um, he's made better substitutions um, and, and that, that, that have actually you know, you know, worked for the team. Um, so I think he is learning uh, along the way. Uh, in terms of him, him being a, 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 an elite manager, so let me ask you this quickly. If you watch at PSG, how do you feel? How do you feel about Poch going to PSG? I'm happy for him. I'm happy for nah. Poch. You're telling me you would rather have uh, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer than, than Poch? As a Man United man? At the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, right? I always want my team to win. And if Ole is making my team win, what must I do then? Yeah, fair enough. But for how much I do? No, but what must I what must I do? What must I do? Wish wish bad upon him. Do you know what I mean? There were there were, there were actually many, there were actually Man United fans wishing that Solskjaer would lose um against the uh the, the game the game after Leipzig with the city. They're wishing that he would lose that game, they're wishing that he would lose the following game. They're just wishing bad things upon him. Do you know what I mean? You can't do that as a as a as a fan of your of your team. You need to support the that. Every day when I see two Bruce, I can't wait to see the back. Listen, listen, managers, players come and go. The club will always be there. Support the team. At the end of the day, those guys will come, be there for a certain amount of time, and then they will leave. And then you will forget that there was ever a guy called Steve Bruce. You know what I mean? But thanks, but thanks, but thanks for the for the for the draw against Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that much later. I'm not not very happy about that. But Matt, talking about the club staying there, managers coming and going. Right now, you guys have yourself a former Man United manager, and he seems to be doing all right. So, I mean, this Christmas period wasn't too bad for you guys. You five points off the top now, game in hand. Um, yeah. What are your overall thoughts? Yeah, I think. Look, the Christmas period, we we knew it was going to be tough. Um, we did drop some points, um, and and that was and obviously the the, the postponed game with Fulham um, puts us with a, a game behind. But uh, we came back strong at Leeds. I mean, to be fair, it was the version of Leeds that that does lose games. You kind of do get. There's two le versions of the Leeds team in the league at the moment. There's 
one that comes out and does really well and plays really solid football and creates loads of chances. And then there's this one that we got, the defence, they, they left themselves wide open. Uh, there was so much space at the back for Kane and Son to operate and they made hay. Uh, and so with that result, I'm really pleased. I think if we can take, you know, it's a good way to start the new year for us because obviously we didn't get our first game. And the, it was really good as well to see Kane and Son firing together again because there'd been a couple of games where they seemed to not quite click a little bit. So it was good to see them um, developing their kind of psychic bond again. So it was it was a good performance all round from Spurs. Uh, I think, um, like I said, I, I think Leeds didn't put up a massive fight. They weren't great on the day. Uh, and the defence, did they, they played exactly the way we would want them to for us to be able to leverage our strengths. So... Overall, it was um, a good result for us, and 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 the, you know, it, it should be an exciting couple of um, games going forward for Tottenham. We have got the semi-final tonight um, in the Carabao Cup, and then I think again it, it'll be another telling period for us. Just like the Christmas period was important for Spurs, I think the next sort of few weeks, assuming football isn't cancelled again, I think that there'll be an important few weeks for us as well. And Jason's right. I assume he's talking about Spurs. And uh, yeah, definitely huge game for us. I mean, also for Brentford, obviously, you know, no disrespect, it's a big game for them too. <laughs> but uh, no, Nick, what, is it? Nick, what is it with your right backs and getting sent off? Like we've seen Ori <laughs> get reds and now Docrity. Like what is going on in that position? Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was, it was, it was a stupid red. Um, and, and, you know, it's 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 one of those things where afterwards you can say, yeah, there's a big mistake, really silly, you know. But uh, I mean, in the moment, I guess he did what he does. He did, he did what he did, and I think the the challenge it gives us is that we we do have a lot of games coming up, and um, we can't afford to have players being suspended and sent off and stuff. So you've got to. I think Mourinho's talked about it before: the mentality of winning and, and staying on top of stuff, and <laughs> uh, the. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Matt. On that note, yeah. congratulations, Nick, on uh, being named the the new student manager of University oh, yeah, of Victoria. Mosa, you want to? Yeah, yeah, Mister Mister Victoria, guys, we got to start head coach in this in this game. Yeah, wow, <laughs> shout out, Mister Nick. Good luck, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be. Do, a do, 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 you do you need a technical team, bro? Yeah,ベリー。ケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケケ
they they had to leave it to the ref to the ref discretion, and and he called it inside. Look, I think we've seen those go either way before over the course of a season. I mean, obviously, not all of us are going to get as many penalties as United. So, as Spurs fan, we've got to take what we can get. But we um, actually have we actually, we actually have one more than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Don't tell me hey, guys, 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 Leicester have <laughs> Leicester have, counting, guys, Leicester have <laughs> ten penalties. Ten penalties. And you know, and you know, Leicester's penalties are all handballs. It's just, and then Jamie Vardy just playing. Just going. Oh, Madison going to ground easily. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know how they are. It's one of those ones where if it'd been given against us, I'd probably be feeling a bit sour. Like, you can't definitely say that's in. But it, you've seen them given, so we're not going to. And I think the fact that we went on to score two more kind of made it, you know, fair. So, yeah. overall, I'm, I don't think it influenced the game too much. I think we were probably going to win no matter what. Um, yeah. But it was it was it was one of those cases as well where again you kind of wonder what's the point of VAR because they didn't seem to spend too long deciding whether it was in or out. They just kind of checked very briefly on VAR, and I think I don't know whether maybe the role of VAR in that case was just to check whether it actually was a foul and not to decide where it was. Maybe that was yeah, not okay. what was up for up for debate. I don't know, but it was uh, you know it, it it's it was it was a uh, in the end it, it I don't think it made a massive impact on, on the outcome of the game and it was good you know obviously it's good always good to see Kane putting them away with confidence and stuff so it was yeah it was a good it was a fairly positive game for Spurs red card aside um, and I think we needed that after the week we'd had with obviously the controversy around uh, Lamella, Lacezlo and, and Reguilon so it was, it was yeah, good I was, I, was about, I, was, I was about to ask is, was Mourinho punishing them for that? Uh, that's what I heard. I mean, obviously, I, he hasn't really spoken about it an awful lot other than to say that it's not, you know, he did make a statement saying that's not what's expected. They're very disappointed. Um, but they're, they're not making a big song and dance about the club. The players themselves have apologised. Look, it was a weird thing to do. I think the time that we're in, there's no way that they didn't know that that wasn't okay. They, they must have known that they were doing something that was going to be frowned upon. Um, and I think... You know, there's there's obviously mitigating circumstances. There's a lot of Regulon is apparently on his own at the moment. He doesn't have any family over in England at the moment. So, you know, he was obviously um, would have been spending Christmas completely by himself, which isn't nice. But at the same time, these are the conditions that a lot of people all over the world are going on. And as with millions of people around the world are probably spending Christmas on their own because of everything that's been happening this year. Um, so I think they, they it was a stupid thing for them to do. Um, but I think that the, the clubs will deal with it. And I think it goes back to the question, I think we'll probably have to talk about it at some point around there are now more and more positive cases coming out of the Premier League. And I think it's in much the same way. That, yeah, 40 this week, which is the most I've ever had in one week. I think at some point we're going to have to have a serious conversation about whether it's actually silly to carry on. I mean, how many more games can we afford to postpone before we start to really cause congestion later in the season? So it is, it is a tough one. I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to navigate. And I'm, I'm, the players are young men like us. It's always hard. I mean, I'm sure all of us... Um, also saw people during the the festive season and and spend time with friends and family so it's it's hard to kind of tell people tell young people who are in the prime of their life to just stop everything that they're doing except work um and, and that's what this is for them football is work for them it's their job so we're saying you've got to do that 100 percent. you've got to go to work every day and be, do that completely normally but as soon as you leave the the training you've got to lock down do nothing and not see anyone and and i think you know that that is a pressure to place on someone that it's very difficult to deal with you know, there's two sides to that argument. I see Lanzini yes. was part of the Christmas party as well with with Regulon and 
Le mets là. Argentinian brothers, man. Him and La Salsa are probably friends, man. Yeah. No, but my question was, but the, despite the fact that they were friends, I mean, come on now. The man got a VIP invite to this this uh, whole Spurs sort of party. He crashes the party and they get in trouble and he gets away scot-free. There's no noise coming out of West Ham. They're like, yeah, true, true, maybe, right. maybe he's infected. Maybe he's yeah. one of the 40 infected with COVID and they're like, yeah, go join the party. Yeah, he's probably the one that posted the pictures. Then any messages in the West Ham WhatsApp group, like, I'm going to do it to Spurs again, boys. <laughs> he loves to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so guys you know he's been quiet this whole show so far and he's just been waiting for his time when 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 we left when we closed our shop this side from Golan's perspective it was a he dire dire situation he couldn't buy a goal you couldn't buy a goal couldn't buy a goal <laughs> and now suddenly the last game they play in west brom they score four like a z scoring goals i don't know is it the end of the world truly the end of the world now in the snow and it was nice to actually do it against uh mr fat sam after all those things you were saying about not all the things but i mean i mean he was you could, you could you could see he was trying to um uh stir arsenal fans and probably the 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 team as well up um with all these comments about them being in the the relegation battle and all that but i mean yeah the fact is they are there they were there but again i'm not uh <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna jump and jump around. I think uh, yes, it's good. We're winning. Uh, we're scoring goals. I mean, we beat Chelsea. Uh, scored very That's good so goals. Long and ago. I That's think. Ah, I think. Uh, I think Mendy's still looking for the ball here <laughs> after the second goal. You <laughs> know what is happening? Uh, yo, but I'm. I'm. I'm just happy because we. There was this. I was just worried that you know there's this there's this thing of uh, there was no accountability, and I think probably there still isn't. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what reason he put behind uh, put it to the players. I mean, why he started the youngsters um, in those games? But I mean, geez, it was. I told as soon you. As much, whatever, whatever I've been saying. Play the Europa League boys. Play the Europa yeah. League. Yeah. What do Smith yes, Road, I... League boy. Okay, cool. Martinez is a Europa League boy, but you know what I mean. Play the Europa and League I boys. Yeah, no, the thing is, and, and I agreed with you, and the, the, but just just by, I agreed with you because I, I, I didn't think it was right. I mean, and I don't think anyone thinks it's right that people are not performing uh, and then they get to play the next game. And, they, and like Claudia said before, this is these guys' jobs. I mean, you've got to, at the end of the day, you've got to, you've got to perform. Um, and gee, Smith Rowe, I mean, he touched the ball, I think the first, Two or three times he touched that ball. I could see that hey, this there's something in this guy. You know, he's offering something to our team. Just two touches. Woolock has played for so long, and I'm still trying to figure out what's this guy good at. I, I know he's quick. Um, I know he can shoot. I know he can pass the ball. I just don't know what he's good at. What is what does he offer to the team? I, and he's been he's been playing. But now after I see after Smith Rowe's performance, I hear them they're saying. Um, that he's uh, uh, there's talks about him going on loan and all that stuff, and I'm yeah, that's pretty soon. But I, I, I'm just I'm just happy and pleased to see that happen. The one thing the commentator also raised as well, um, which uh, also got me thinking, was about Maitland Niles. Um, he comes in, he does a job, and, and I think he's pretty decent in all the positions that he plays. He does a good job. But the yeah. commentator was saying that now he's actually he runs the risk now. He's good at all these positions, but he's yeah, never playing. He never starts, you know, he never starts. And now he's actually, if you actually think about it, he's actually putting his career at risk now. 
because I mean he's a guy that like ah, James okay yeah, yeah, but James Milner's a different situation. You remember James Milner? James Milner, I think, is a person that's probably accepted that. You know, he's, he's how old is he now? He's like, what, uh, 34, 35? 35? He's yeah, he's come to... He, 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 went, he, went to, he went to Man City. He played regularly. And when he went to Liverpool, I'm pretty sure even now he's still there. He's not, he's not the kind of guy that wants to be playing every single yeah. game. He's, Liverpool, he's got a... That's that's he knows what his role no, is. No, in no, no. James Milner wants to be playing every game, dude. I'm telling you, something on the cards. Maybe he lands up at Leeds in the coming seasons, but he does want to, and that's you must, your he, point. He, that he, must go, he must go back home. He must go back home. He must go back home to Leeds. But, no, he's still he's still fine there. Gonna, Liverpool. Relax. But James Milner is done. Yeah, go back home. They need they need they need a leader at the midfield. They need someone to. Uh, to he's happy. He's coaching there with Klopp. Let the man be. My point is. They need someone to help Phillips. My point is that Wonga, what Wonga is saying is 100% correct. The guy is he's a decent player, but because he's a decent yeah. player and he can play all the positions, he's kind of becoming a victim of that. And I've experienced Jeez. it in a lot of yes. different things because I, then all you land up doing is you land up slotting the gap and then what happens, you get forgotten. And that's kind of his situation yes. now. So it's, it's a tricky situation, Wonga. Sorry, I interrupted you, but go with the, the point that you're making. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, so really like specialize in any position. He just becomes like a, a, a utility type of player as an option. Yes. What is his best position, Wanga? What's best with right back, left back, defensive mid? Look, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he started as a... He was starting in the midfield, um, in the center mid. Yeah, and I think he also plays... He's very, he's, but I think, you know, for me, I think he's, he's, he's very good on the, on, on the wing, as in right back. Uh, and right, right, uh, right mood, but I think you must retire. But no, but I, he's saying that it's it's probably going to end up that way. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna play for long. I mean, if if he wants to be playing every game, it's not going to happen at Arsenal. Because I see him probably leaving in the in the near future, if, especially if they're going to play him like that. Because right now, if he's going to play right right mid, um, I actually have no idea what, what his favorite position is. But if they're going to be playing him right mid, where I think he's good at, uh, I don't think he compares to um, uh, what's his name, uh, Saka. Now, I mean, you, you saw Saka; they play him on the left as well. Play him on the right. He murdered Chelsea. Um, now he also can play. Uh, they also <laughs> they brought my They brought Martinelli. Yeah. <laughs> Wanga, rub it in, bro. Rub it in, bro. Yeah, Chelsea, no, no, yeah, yeah. 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 So cocky, so cocky going to that match. That, that was Arsenal's turnaround match. You guys turned around yeah, for Arsenal. Has anyone else yeah. noticed that Celo normally talks a lot, but Jeepers, he's loud today. He's not close to the top, man. It's the first time he's been on the summit. He's on the summit. Guys, when you have teams like people like Musa Sopalti, man, it's so good, man. Chelsea, Chelsea, man. And you know, and I want Wonga to be happy, guys. Wonga was. I'm saying we're gonna do it, bro. Remind him yeah. 26 December. You guys beat him 3 1. You know what I mean? And you know, man, Chelsea's Chelsea's shirt, that shirt that they wear. Hey, that's the funny thing. Says what? Yeah. And they should be 
Just to say, we're going to need more of this from Silo if, if Man United <laughs> take the whole thing. There's, there's a big group. Yeah. And you see, everyone but, says Liverpool fans are full of shit, but we all know the United fans I want to reel this back in. I want to. So, so Shoro, Shoro kind of says, you know, good, good thing. He mentions Tierney because remember, I was telling you guys in the WhatsApp group, Arteta should just make him captain. You should just make yeah, him captain. Yeah. I want. What are your thoughts there, Wonga? I agree. Um, look, Tony, his work rate is, is like I've always said, I, I like, he's the only player in Arsenal, especially during all our losses, that I could see that, that wanted to win the game. Like, you could see it by the way he was playing. Uh, and that's what I liked about him. You could honestly see that this guy is the one who wants to win the game. But it's, it's, not, it's not a one-man team. Uh, it's 11 men, you've got to pull up your socks. Um, and to say, to say captain... Sorry, Wonga. So I'm so sorry to inter- like Nick. Are you listening to this? This man is made for your assistant coach position. In case you can't do interviews, that was a classic. <laughs> <coach interview>. <laughs> 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 sorry, as you were, Wonga, as you were. Now to say, to say, oh, captain. Um, see, that's the thing. I don't know how Arsenal decides these things, but it depends. It depends on. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know how the guy is at trading. How is with the other players? Um, you, you'd have to. You have to know that, but I think, I mean, in terms of the way the way he works, if he's if he's also willing to, if he can, put his energy out onto the other players, something similar to what uh, Bruno Fernandez does when he's playing at uh, Man United, something similar to what Henderson does while he's playing at Liverpool, and they they try and put the energy out to everyone else. I think then yeah, you, you can put the armband on him, but I just I don't think you want to put an armband on someone because they're playing well. No, I don't think yeah. uh, that would be the, uh, the, the right thing to do. I'll take a comment on um, him him thinking that uh, Tony has different blood. He's from, from somewhere else. Uh, they played against West Brom and it was snowing. I, I think that's from what I've been watching. Then. And the man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got shorts. He's literally got shorts and a short shirt. No under vest, uh, under armor vest of, 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 of any kind. Everyone's got yeah. gloves on, polar necks on the side. Guys have big beanies on, and you've got the Scotsman straight out of Glasgow coming out there as if it's as if it's nothing. Yeah, Scotty would be part of that. Scotty would be part of that. Nah, yeah, Scotty must be proud. <laughs> but uh, look, I think if I like looking at the team, uh, and again, uh, I agree with Silo again. That was the right decision. You play all those youngsters. They came in there. Um, they had a lot that they wanted to show. And Mart- Martinelli as well, <clears throat> one guy I did mention to everyone that I said, look, this guy was, uh, I think he was, especially when he started off, he started on a good run. And people were wondering yeah. whether it was luck or not. It was unfortunate he couldn't continue that uh, due to the injury. But I mean, the guy came back and you could see that same drive, the same sort of thing that Tyranny has as well. Yeah, Martinelli's got, um, yeah. he just wants to get, get in on the goals. He wants to get in on the goals. Um, I think Arteta now, is, it's good. Even the last game he didn't play, I think it's good because he just came back from injury. I don't, want, I don't think it's wise to be playing that guy uh, 90 minutes every single mm-hmm. time. I, I, I think it was even, I think it was uh, crazy the way he introduced him in the last, uh, the, I think it was when he gets Chelsea, when it, no, was it against Chelsea? I can't remember now. But he it looked like he possibly injured again, uh, but uh, he came out okay. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they must just, yeah, they must just ease him into it. I think they're doing the same thing with Partey as well. Just ease the guy into it. You guys, we are, we are, what's it? They said we are tied fourth now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with all those points uh, at the bottom there. Uh, but, I mean, the way the things are going. So I think it's not, it's, the, 
I, don't, I just don't think Arteta needs to be, especially the way we are, needs to be risking people um, and fighting. <clears throat> give give guys a chance. Uh, we, we actually enough. We we're just fighting to stay above water now. To be honest with you, comment from Katlejo Shoro he mentions uh, that you guys potentially asked the bottom of uh, uh, team this season. No, it's true. It's uh, it's right. We're not out of it. Yet. Three points three behind Chelsea. Yeah, three points. Look, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then that's the thing. That Chelsea, the, and, and you know, Chelsea might not admit it, but they they're in the same boat. They lose. Uh, they lose yeah. one more. <laughs> hey, nah. they lose. 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 They did need a winning streak after those losses. It's the only thing that, that helps is, is the winning streak. So we do it's a good start. It's a good start. Uh we just need to continue it. And I think again, you must play those those guys again. Um the ones that the ones that did the business. They must play them again. Um and, and I think we'll we'll, we'll get uh, satisfaction out of there. I mean like I said came on um came on off the bench, scored. Um so and I think he's I think Arteta's also trying to I think also with this uh with Smith Rowe there, I think we've also found something. I mean, everyone is shouting Uzu Uzu. Um, but now with Smith Rowe, I think we found something different. Um that, yeah, but, no, but also, that works. But also Uzo Uzo but also Uzo was tweeting. Uzo was Uzo was tweeting. Uzo tweeted tweeted away. Um there was like probably like a match last season where he came off for Smith Rowe, giving him props and stuff. I think Uzo mm. has been helping Smith Rowe in training. And I think Smith Rowe did Say that Uzel has been helping him in training um, because they, he plays. No, that position. sounds like an early. That sounds like an early retirement plan from Uzel. I know he's not playing, so, but Jeepers, he's really Uzel trying is, to put him from the club. Yeah, but he, he but, tweets. He tweets during the games, after the games. Uh, well yeah. done, guy. Whatever. Well, um, this guy. Whatever. Whatever. And I heard something about Smith Rowe learning a bit from Uzel. But Smith right in that case. I think in that case as well with Uzel, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Also, I'm not dismissing that. Ah, we don't need him. Um, look at look at Liverpool. Uh, they've got how many people up? I mean, if they, they can replace everyone up front, uh, Chelsea as well can replace the whole team. Uh, I just don't know if they can win now uh, in a bad run. Tottenham, <laughs> I think, <laughs> uh, also can replace a couple of people there. Man United as well, they can also replace a couple of people up front as well. But like I said, now if if now Smith Rowe, the if Smith Rowe gets a, a pick foot on him. Uh, leg gone, knee gone. What happens now? Then we're just going to be in the yeah. same boat. Uh, I think yeah, yeah we still this is this. Yeah, we we we. It's it's good what we have, but I I, I don't think it's it's it's. I think we just we. I think now January is here. I think now he's, he's got a chance to, to try and make sure this thing lasts. So that's my opinion yeah. on that. And um, Wonga, you know, Scott says you don't say much, but after three wins on the bounce, you find your voice, and we thank you for that. Um, you know what's interesting is that, like, we've got a Chelsea manager, a United manager, and an Arsenal manager. All on our show, we've discussed whether or not they would be sacked, and that's worth having a West Ham fan and a Newcastle fan, and those two managers aren't going anywhere, which brings us to our next two games, Newcastle-Leicester. Um, like you said, Nick, they had a decent result against Liverpool, but uh, not so decent against Leicester. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we came off we came off a, a, a Brentford loss where, you know, the backlash from the fans was huge because you know Brentford are a good side and 
and and I'll, I'll, I can be very honest with you, they're probably better. Well, their starting eleven is probably better than a few Premier League teams. Um, I think they were very unfortunate not to go up, and they've re-signed a well, they've signed a couple of players that are really really decent. But they played their set string side against a team that we would start in the Premier League, and we were absolutely outplayed against Championship side. And that, like for me, that is just sacrilege. Um, you know, we played against Man City, and we just didn't we didn't even try. Um, and we lost that game. Bad. And, and yeah, that was bad. we had we had twelve percent possession. And and you know what? Like if if there's if there's a Man City team over the last five years that are there for the taking, defensively at least, um, it's this it's this city team, you know, it's this generation of players. Um and finally, uh, finally in the last two games, he's just done something so simple. Where he's told his players to step 10 yards or 15 yards higher up the pitch and press the ball there, um, and for me it's just it's just basic coaching. It's really just getting your players higher up the pitch. It's essentially closing down space between you and the opposition, and and no player likes to be pressed. Even Thiago for Liverpool, who's probably technically one of the best in the world, no play he won't like to be pressed. Players love to have time and space because they can pick any pass. Um, any day of the any day of the week, and I think that's what we sort of nullified in terms of mm. Our, mm. our result against Liverpool. And in actual fact, um, in actual fact, <laughs> yeah, you know, I said so. sorry, Nick. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Ronnie, missed, he missed um, he missed Matt's conversation. You know, he loves chirping Matt. <laughs> He's missed yeah. that. So, in terms of the Leicester performance, it was it was a lot better. Um, in comparison to the rest of the season. Um, I think Leicester did have two moments of magic. I mean, Tillemans' goal was was top four. Beautiful. Yeah, um, and to be fair, in the last 10 minutes, I think we had three across the six-yard box with just no one sort of gambling. Yeah, you know? but we got in behind their fullbacks, and I thought we were actually better in there at, towards the end of the game. Um, Andy Carroll made a big difference, and I had an argument with a couple oh, yeah. of Newcastle fans and 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 he, I had an argument about Jolinton being being better than than. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, like Andy Carroll, Andy Carroll can't he can't be judged when he plays ten minutes every other game. You know, you need to mm. give the guy. You know, maybe he's not going to last your ninety minutes, but he's got to get a. Give it, I mean, he's a he's a defender's nightmare. Um, at the end of the at the end of the day, but so, but, but Jonathan played very well against Liverpool, man. I like the way he was holding up the ball. He was protecting the ball. Like every time, you like broke up, broke up um, a Liverpool attack, right? And then you try positive something. And Jolinton would have where he's there's only Callum Wilson up front, and you can't really pass it to him because against two. So you have to just try and protect it. Wait for Matt Ritchie to come on the left and pass him the yeah. ball. So I, but for, I, me, I, for me, for me, uh, I'm going to tell you, Cello, uh, and, and and I think I've spoken about this already. The man is the man cost forty million pounds, and he just doesn't. He doesn't. If the man can't control the ball, it's for me. It just doesn't. You, you don't justify. You don't justify a place in a Premier League team. The man can't control a football, and he does it. Maybe he controls it three times in ninety minutes. That's not good enough. And there was an interview with Andy Carroll towards the end of the game against Leicester, and he seemed very pissed off. You know, it was his first goal that he scored for us. Because I think there's an internal struggle where Bruce is being forced to play Jolliton. Jolliton plays close to 90 minutes every week, regardless of whatever whatever the the, the team uh, or opposition that we're playing against. So, you know, Jolliton has 
a place, and, and for me, I don't know why. Um, Wilson obviously is, has saved us, and we're in a position where we can potentially stay stay up because of his goals. But I think our alternative needs to be your Andy Carrolls and your Dwight Gales, because Dwight Gale causes a lot of trouble when he comes on, especially when they stay why is it, why, why, He hasn't played the last two years. I don't know. I, I, don't know. Um, I think for me also the big... The big um, sort of change that that happened for us was matt matt longstaff coming in the the younger brother um he's he's been sort of you know <laughs> a bit of a pitbull in terms of a bit of a pitbull in terms of being you know someone who can press the ball within the midfield and i think that's that helped us when we played against liverpool and it helped us against the superior um leicester team um yeah. But I, I think I think in hindsight, when we've pressed the ball a little bit higher up the pitch, the players looked like they wanted to sort of, uh, you know, try and, 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 and get a result. It, it's made the world a difference. I didn't expect to get anything from the last three games. So the fact that we got one point is probably a bonus. I think we could have at least got a draw against Leicester. We were probably deserving of that. We were nowhere near... You know, getting anything out of out of City, and we probably deserve to lose against Liverpool. In in hindsight, though, Liverpool should have put a lot of the chances away. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Blame. Um, but all in all, Dollar was good again. Yeah, Dollar should be playing for England. I'm going to say that again. I think Chardy I agree. I agree. There's no other English goalkeeper better than better than him at the moment. You can't tell me Pickford's better than him. But that that's an argument. Southgate to 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 sort of defend. Um, I, I think our next game is our most important. Obviously, we've got the FA Cup tie. It's probably going to be another loss and we'll go out, but we're playing against Sheffield United and if he loses that, um, we're going to be in big trouble and he's going to have a huge... A hu he's going to have lots of answers to to, to sort of give to, to fans that are sort of disgruntled at the moment. So Nick, if he gets... I mean, it's not going to happen... But if he does get sacked, where, where do Newcastle look to? Uh, I said it. I, I, don't, I don't think he would be. <laughs> what is it? Lampard. Lampard. You're looking for his job soon enough. Take Lampard. Take Lampard. Who would play under Ashley? That's the question. Uh, there was there was talk. A funny talk today. Joey Barton got sacked um, at Fleetwood. Oh, 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 there we go. Player. I would love that. Yeah. in heaven. But he would he would never he would never play under Ashley because oh, he would never coach under Ashley. Week. He left he left because of of him. Yeah. But you know, he's the type of character to you know sort of get the guys going, and and he's not a long term solution. I, I say to you, Stephen Gerrard, I think needs to if he's going to coach a Liverpool eventually, a club like Newcastle is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen yeah, Gerrard would be my first choice. I think he's a, a viable option, but again. I don't see anyone actually taking that job under Ashley. You know, if Steven Gerrard had to get told that he's going to get a bit of money and, and there's going to be change of ownership, I see him, that his next sort of step being there because I don't see Klopp leaving in the next two or three years. So, yeah, that's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Carol. <laughs> hey, Carol. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, um, let's let's move along now to the to the next game. And a lot of noise has been coming around. Like everyone's been throwing a lot of noise towards you, Mossa, um, and the, the man in question, <laughs> Lampard. I think it's time you answer some some of these these questions. Um, Three one to Man City. Look, the man looks 
rudderless at the moment. He doesn't know in which direction he's pulling. He kind of has a, a problem where he's got too many players to pick from. He doesn't know his best side, and he can't get the best out of his players. More so, overall, the 3-1 performance, I mean, you can't be happy with the way in which they went out there performed, yeah? Yeah, not at all, man. There's very little to be happy about in the way that they came out. They were relatively flat. Uh, didn't look as if they were trying to create opportunities on the day. Didn't look like they were, the intensity was high. There was not much working for the team on the day, and it was quite sad, man, because you'd expected them to have come back from that loss against um, Arsenal on Boxing Day, the draw against Aston Villa and then this game you're expecting them to at least be hyped up or pumped up for the game at home but yo it's 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 chaos and that's why I guess a lot of uh, a lot of the attention is going towards Frank Lampard because the players just aren't on song at the moment and it's like a it's spread across the entire formation the approach the intensity it's difficult to pickpoint just uh, one or two players to say that these two players are the problem at the moment more about the intent and how they come at the game. What I found quite interesting is um, Nick mentioning Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher's come out recently saying, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna have a go at Lampard, largely because Lampard doesn't have the experience, right? And we've got the likes of a Lampard, the Terry's, the Gerrards, the Henrys, who are kind of walking into these jobs. And he said so himself. He said, Carragher, he said he would love to be Jurgen Klopp right now in front of the cop end doing fist pumps and all sort of things, you know. Do it, do Anyway, but he, he would love to be doing those sort of things. But he says the difference is that because of who they are, they're walking into these jobs. But you have a Jurgen Klopp that did seven years at Mainz. You have these other managers that did their time at lower leagues and they've gone through it. So as soon as they are reaching these sort of difficult patches, they know where to draw from in terms of experience. Your Lampards, your Henri's, and these sort of guys, unfortunately, they don't have that. And now they've been thrown into the job because that's what they want, because they love the job. So he's kind of, at this moment in time, being a victim of that scenario. Whereas if we take a Steven Gerrard, and you're looking at him as, at a, a Rangers, his assistant coach is Gary McAllister, a man with a lot of wealth a lot, uh, in terms of knowledge and experience. Now, Lampard's sort of team at the moment, he doesn't have that. He's not leaning on anyone he's kind of gone in there because he's a man of such strong conviction going i know what i'm doing but now kind of you know things are a bit wobbly and he, he doesn't know where to go towards at least that's yeah. the feeling i get yeah always, i guess yeah. it alludes to that pressure that is off of, the, off of his shoulders that uh Silla had mentioned earlier that you know last season man united did end up third and chelsea did end up fourth but the pressure and the, the spotlight wasn't on uh, lampard and that was it was kind of a sense like he's he's bringing into the club, you know, he never had transfers. He has working with the material he had before. This time he's been backed with a lot of money and we're looking to see that come to fruition in a style and an approach which he defined, you know, with that team. And it hasn't worked out that way so far. I mean, even the signings, they, they're not coming up to, to plan. Um, Kai Havertz, Werner uh, are big signings which aren't actually contributing at the level that we had expected from them. And how does he resolve this? How does he resolve how the team shapes up is, is going to be like a, a tricky challenge for him. Whereas other experienced managers could have had that, that situation back in the day with the smaller clubs. And then they kind of formed their own style of how they're going to approach a match, how they're going to approach their philosophy, how they're going to approach bringing new players in, which is all now like teething, teething issues that we're facing at a very big club. 
Musa, I was was watching um, sort of where Alan Shearer and uh, Ian Wright speak at halftime and after the game, and he had questioned the something you had questioned about Man United players in the past is there was there was no sort of desire from it was lacking. There was a lack of determination, desire, you know, you know, wanting to win at all costs. And I, and it was almost like the players were going through the motions in that first half specifically, uh, you know, sitting on the great side. Um, but, you know, I think Lampard would need to question that. I don't know if you agree with me. I agree, man. Like most times you get it from players like um, uh, Akante, uh, Jorginho, that kind of push everybody in. But when they're having a bad day, it's tough, man. It's tough to see anybody in that front six. Everybody looks a little bit soft. A little bit uh, trying to figure themselves out in that whole approach, and yeah, they can get outclassed on their day, and that's that's kind of the the, the scenario how it worked out in that first half. I know they even talk about. I was watching the the post match interviews, and the Lampards of the world were talking about how second half was better. Second half they had more possession, but in all reality, that the game was done in the first half. And uh, City were still creating like clear chances for themselves. It was up to Chelsea to go and attack the game, and it never looked like much, much intensity did come from the players. Much character did come from the players to actually sort out um, the, the, the 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 points from that match. So it was quite sad at home, especially. It was quite difficult to to bear. So, so do you think do you think you'll you'll be backed? Um, obviously, you asked me a similar question about my management. So you, with your management now. With him having the lowest points per game total um, of all the managers under Roman Abramovich, do you think how long do you think Roman will make him? Um, how much license does he still have as a former uh, legend? Because I think he does have that former legend. Yeah. There's something that, that no other manager had, that former legend status that he can allow himself just a bit more time. But when does that time run out? True, man. Like he's got that experience of working with uh, Roman Reyes. Like uh, he's had to win silverware over the years. He's been the player winning silverware for for the owner, and now he has to come and deal it, deal with that type of pressure as a manager. Potentially, he's got the the, the credit uh, with with um, the owner, but I don't know how long it'll last because I even saw in the past couple of days with all the performances that we've had to this point. That there's there's some considerations between alternative coaches coming into the team, coaches with uh, pedigree and experience, you know, be it where they where they may be from, they might still have a little bit more to offer given the amount of money spent. But yeah, I think he, he should have this season. Uh, they sh they should check him for some silverware. If he doesn't have any silverware by the end of the season, it might be the pits. It might be his day at at, at Chelsea. Which is unfortunate, given the legend. It's a tough one to to chat about it at this time of year as well, because it's the games are so packed in, the momentum is so fierce, and you know you have a bad week at work, and then suddenly you've 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 had three bad games, and and you know you look at yeah. Arsenal for the contrast. Arsenal have had a good few games, but it's a short period of time. They've only been playing well for about a week and a half, um, but yeah. that's changed their outlook completely. And it's for Chelsea, it's only really three or four games where you haven't really seen them at their best, but it's in such a short period of time that it really sticks. So it's almost yeah. like a really difficult time also to make these harsh judgment calls about, you know, should Lampard be, be booted out or whatever, because they turn it around and they start to play well. It, it, it yeah. could be, you know, a, a very quick change. And we've, especially this season, we've seen it. I mean, 
you know, Aston Villa were at the top, Everton were at the top, Spurs are at the top, Liverpool were at the top, you know, and, and I mean, obviously Arsenal haven't quite been Still at the top the yet. Top. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> for now, for now, there's games in hand to be sorted out, Cloudy. But um, there's, I think, you know, this is such a crazy season that Liverpool, Chelsea could go turn around, win four on the spin and be right back in there. So I think it's, yeah. it's really hard to kind True. of say, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were all saying Arteta's a dead man walking. And now look at it, you know, you can't touch him. So it's really kind of hard to say what's going to happen, especially now. Exactly. <laughs> Even a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at Ole yeah. man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And now uh, four games, four wins, and he's, he's, he's doing, you know, he's, he's kind of cemented his job. So it's tricky, his, man. Uh, and I guess his post-match what? interview almost, almost alluded to... So, a sort of a cry for a cry for time um when he spoke I think he, yeah and he i think he used kevin de bruyne as an example saying you know he came here and it didn't work out for him and he just needed a bit more time and i, I don't know if he's trying to draw some comparisons uh on himself you know because yeah i think he realizes he has you know he has spent a hell of a lot of money and you know it is the toughest job in the world to rely on 11 players plus three to, to ensure that you keep your job. But it, it is very unfair. Obviously, I'm sitting from mm. a coach's perspective, and it, it is because you can't you can't instill... Yes, you can. I mean, you can instill values of, of desire, determination, aggression. But if the players decide not to do it on the day, or they don't want to give 100%, they only give you 70%, you, <laughs> you the, your, your job's on the line at, at, at the mercy of, of, of other guys actually pulling their weight. So yeah. it does... It, Mm. I, I think I think we just need to get get a win uh, in the next week, um, and I think it will kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, they played Arsenal and City in the last three games. Uh, yeah, and, all, and, and, and Villa, and Villa is It is. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Villa, which is fine. This is all in all the, the the outcome of losing to Arsenal. Just you, we lost to the wrong team. If we had lost to just Man City <laughs> and Villa, it would have been much better. But now we're losing, we're losing to Arsenal, and then uh, we, lo- we lose everything. Now we've lost. Arsenal. But, but the question, though, <laughs> the question, the question I have, Mosta, is if you had to ask any one of us, and I'd like to, I'm, you're going to see where I'm headed with this. If you had to ask us. Is Lampard getting it right in terms of his selections? Personally, when I'm seeing the squad, I don't think he gets it right. And from that perspective alone, you know, you can talk about experience. We can talk about all these other things. Because these results aren't going his way, he keeps changing his mind. For me personally, you, you stick to the play. And, you know, Nick mentions playing your best 11 players. And, you know, it's hard then going out there and getting the best out of them. The issue is when you have your 11 best players, you need to be playing them whether or not you're getting results because then you're definitely putting trust in, in those players. And then the, eventually those players are going to turn around and fight for you. But right now, when you yeah. keep changing and chopping, like you've got your Giroud who scores one week, and then you've got another player who scores next week, but you keep, no, I need a rest, I need a rest. When you keep doing that, the guy goes, well, why should I give it week in, week out? Because when I do perform, <laughs> there's a chance I might not play next week. You might have no. players there in that scenario actually second-guessing the coach. Because if you're going to have a, a player second-guessing you as a coach, you've lost them. You need yeah. everyone in the right direction saying, okay, well, Flip, I know, you know, I've had a, we, we had an off result, but, you know, maybe it just wasn't our day. But he trusts me as a, as, as a right fullback or as a striker. You know, I'm going to carry on fighting for him. But I do agree with you in those sentiments, Claudio. Like, it is tough to, you know, mm-hmm. second week come in and then I don't have an answer, you know. I don't have a reason why I'm out. Maybe he's not a manager where he's a, a, a sort of a Mourinho where he'll tell you, listen, you've done shit and you're going to sit on the bench. Maybe he's just the type where 
you know, he, he makes the changes and you don't know. You know, there's, there are coaches like that. I know there's mm-hmm. local coaches like that. I've seen it. I've seen players get taken from the starting 11 to the grandstand. They haven't even been told what they've done wrong. And, and how, how are you supposed to play uh, a, a well or, or, or sort of, you know, receive that well uh, as a player? You're never going to. Yeah, but there are some players who now, like at this point in time, we kind of like they they are aware of their own performances and how their performances haven't been living up to scratch, you know. And they that's a difficulty that Chelsea finds itself in. The the the, the signings are seeing that the signings are telling us that they're having a tough time here, um, that you know they they finishing isn't on point, and that's quite tricky for the manager then to keep giving them a chance when he can see that the team is losing points now because of, the, of these guys on the field. Exactly. And you want them to build their confidence, but it's... It's, it's a catch-22. You're going to pay yeah. Werner. You've got Werner, I don't know how much he came for, 70, 80, 60, I don't know what it was. 50. You've got uh, Giroud, who was a fraction of that price, but he's the one who's banging in the goal. So, like, you, you know, you also, like the Steve Bruce situation, he's got to justify because they bought a, a plonker for £40 million. But, yeah. you know, Ramovich wants to know why he spent £100 million or whatever he spent. Mm. He wants to know also. So we don't know the ins and outs behind the, the scenes. Maybe that's also why. But, you know, if it's not working out, I agree. Like, I wouldn't play Jolinton. If, if it's not working out with some of the new signings, play your tried and tested and get it right. And then you start to make a few changes if you can. Um, yeah, the guy off the bench. Because yeah. Giroud... Had the best goals per game ratio of any forward in the Premier League last season. I mean, not last season, but 2020 as a year. So you start Giroud up front. You put uh, yeah. on the left. You put um, Ziyech on the right, and then you have Werner and Havertz on the bench because they haven't been playing well and Havertz had had COVID. Let them come on for the last 20 minutes of the sub, and then they'll get their confidence against. I don't know who you guys are playing in the FA Cup. Whichever team you play in the FA Cup, you might beat 5-0 and make you get his confidence back. But Giroud and Tammy Abraham are the guys who've been scoring this season for you. Mm. I, I like how Celo yeah. makes it here. It's just, it's like this. I like that, Celo. It's true. It's it's like this, man. <laughs> just just put the bright players on the field, get the result and stick with it, man. Well, um, it's, it's, a, it's a good point because if you think about it, the, the challenge that Lampard's got is that he's he's he got to spend a whole load of money. and and But... It, but he, he hasn't been at Chelsea very long. So last season, he wasn't building his own system. He was using what he had to get the results he needed. Now he's yeah. got a, a, a whack ton of new players. And he's also trying to put his kind of philosophy on the field. It's quite a tough thing. It's not like he had an established way of playing. And then he's slotting in players to improve that. He's doing them both at the same time, which is actually really difficult to do. Because now what he's saying is to the old players, we're going to change the way we play. And to the new guys, you're going to slot into this new system I'm doing. And it almost mm. would have been better for him to maybe have have a, a period of time where he could build that system around the existing squad and then slot in these new guys as they step up to it and stuff. So I think it's, it's, he is in a tough position, but he's going to be under a microscope because of the amount of money he spent and the expectations yeah. that are there. And especially also because they played quite well for a period of the, they've been playing good football. So it's proven that he can do it. So the expectation is if he could do that, then why can't he carry it through for the duration of the season? If they don't be challenging at the very top, I don't think everybody expects them to win the league, but I think if, if Chelsea don't make a serious fist of it, then there are going to be legitimate questions around whether he's, he's able to do it at this level. Fair or, whether that's fair or not, you know, I mean, these things, being a Premier League manager must be the toughest job in the world in that sense, but he's, he's, he's going to have to show that he's able to, to step up there. Otherwise, Chelsea will get rid and, and do something else. They've, they've shown time and time again, 
he'll get a yeah. little bit of loyalty because of who he is, but they're not going to stick with him for long if he doesn't perform. Yeah. And the power is that Chelsea is a massive club which can attract like the best coaches in the world uh, exactly. at their opinion. So there is that 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 hanging at the back of his mind as well. But you, I think you he would, should get a little bit more time. You had to lose him. Who would What's you that? get to lose him? I've I've seen uh, uh, a list of a couple of managers who they mentioned. Uh, they mentioned the Southampton manager, Ralph Hulterbutzel. Hulterbutzel. He's a quality manager, but I'm not too sure if if he'd be ready to also take on that seat given the performance he's pulling at um, Southampton and the contract that he probably has there, which will last some time. Uh, it mentioned Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers, yeah. Yeah, that's quite tricky. Uh, Rodgers like, isn't going uh, anywhere. Yeah, he's been at. How did I can't yeah, remember his record at, at Leicester, uh, Liverpool actually? They, they at Leicester, they literally building the club. They're saying this is your club, and the the big issue he had at Liverpool was the fact that he wanted to be the man running the club, and they were like, no, 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 we got this team. You got to work with the team. And for him, yeah. he was like, no, screw this transfer committee. No, 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 no. But, so but he, he less he's getting all of them. Musa, yeah. at, 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 Liverpool, at, at Liverpool, the, pro the problem he had is that um, Gerald decided to slip. That's what he had, the problem. Say, <laughs> man, we're talking serious <laughs> things here. This guy. You know what? But he asked, he asked, he asked how, how, he, how his record was at, at Liverpool. I said that Gerald decided to slip. So, <laughs> that's all he was. So what <laughs> else? Uh, tell me, who, who else there, Musa? I think uh, Thomas, uh, Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel, yeah, and that's uh, I think that that's the most exciting option in terms of the list. Uh, he, he's got good experience, you know, in Europe, uh, taking teams up uh, like Mainz. I think he was at um, uh, Borussia Dortmund, uh, formerly at PSG. That's that's an exciting manager who can then also offer you the opportunities of doing well in Champions League. You know, you missed yeah, one. You uh, missed one. Stevie Bruce. Stevie Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want yeah, no. to. I'm you sure. I'm options. sure there's very fine print on the list. <laughs> <laughs> right. Be, before we move on from the Chelsea, um, the Chelsea game, we do have a question from you from Scott Nick, and this is posed to to the, the new gaffer. Like he says, <laughs> what kind of coach will you be at Pretoria University, yeah, of Pretoria Nick? I think uh, in terms of. I think the man management part of the, the game is very important, especially like with Mosa and um, Claudio, you've been there longer yourself. Managing student athletes is, is a different kettle of fish. It's not necessarily, you know, we've got professional players. These guys are studying and then also playing at the same time. So just managing the expectations in terms of uh, getting down to training and then what sort of goals we want to achieve. In terms of how we want to play, obviously we want to play a nice brand of football, but I, I need to see what we have and what players are available and then create a philosophy based on, on what players we actually have because there's no point in me saying I'm going to go play like Pep and then I've got guys who, who can't pass a ball. So um, we've got we've got some some quality there that I've worked with already and then obviously I need to see what, what I'm inheriting uh, and we are starting after the 15th, well, after the president talks. So... Once he speaks and lets us um, train again, then I will see what type of coach I'll be. And hopefully it's a successful one. I've got a lot of blueprints. I'll just uh, DM you, Bum. Okay. All right. Yeah. Club blueprints. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, 
This game. This game. Yeah. Oh, Lots of talk Danny, Danny, Danny Ings. Danny, Danny Ings, former, the former uh, Liverpool player. Hey, man. He's, 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 after his injury, he wasn't himself, but he, 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 he became himself again against Liverpool. Man, listen, guys. Danny Ings is a quality player. He's a good player. It's just the only doubt you'd have about him is the fact his injury record. That's the only issue he has. But, you know, yeah. Liverpool, the last three games, you know, we, we haven't been great. We've been terrible to watch. It's almost like when Newcastle playing Man City, you switched it on, you knew exactly what you were going to get. And you're like, eh. You know, like we're watching Liverpool right now. The big question is in the final third. But starting off with the, the, the Danny Ings goal in particular, Trent, you know, we're classing him as the best right back in the world in terms of attacking fullback. But defensively, he's got this sort of um, casualness about him that is costing us points, man. And it's not the first time he's done it. I mean, the first, or within two minutes, he should be dealing with that ball. He lets it go. And Danny Ings puts a, it's a great finish in the end. And then from there, it's hard work. Because let's be honest, Southampton under Ralph Hustonuttle is a, 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 I pronounced that correctly. I hope you're keeping tabs. They're a solid outfit, man. Southampton are a good side. So to go bundle down yeah. at their home ground, it's, it's going to be a tough ask after that. And then you take into consideration, you have Ox coming back. You've got Thiago coming back. It's throwing them straight into the lineup. These are guys that haven't been playing. And now you expect them to get the same intensity. And then, of course, you know, we're talking our centre-backs. You know, they played Hendo at the back with Fabinho. Those are two sentiments playing oh, centre-back. Why, 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 why do you play, play Hendo centre-back? So he's played them centre-back so we can have a ball-playing sort of centre-half and play them out instead of playing one of the other youngsters currently. And also, oh. when you're looking at how Southampton set up, Southampton are very counter-attacking as well. And they've got pace. They've got a guy driving down the middle and they've got two attackers. They've played two up front. So from that perspective, we're trying to take pressure off and so we can have control of the game, which is nothing wrong. But when you lose a player like Van Dijk, you know, I, I saw a tweet by your friend, Silo uh, Tsepang, saying, you know, Liverpool's fullbacks aren't doing it anymore because teams are sitting deep. But the issue is, teams are always sitting deep against last season and the season before that. The difference now is Van Dijk's not there. And I know we've got Thiago filling in the gap right now, but when we're changing passes... Our biggest strength was fullback to fullback. That switch of play. Yeah. That's where it got us. Yeah. We, we got into behind the fences. Now, last night, okay. the night and the other games, it's a slower build-up. It's more of a natural, more patient. Also, like 90th minute, 94th minute, we need to go for something. They're playing the ball out and they're being so patient. There's, short, there's, short, there's short, a ton of short, short corner, yeah. Short mm -hmm. corner. I don't know what the hell that was about. And then also, if we've got to dive deeper into the nitty-gritty and we're going, okay, chances created. Even United, Man City... They're creating more chances every game than what Liverpool have done in the last four or five games. I think we're only creating like seven chances, which is something ridiculous, whereas the others are creating about 11. So then the big question goes to our front three again. You know, the only player that I can see from the three of the players that are doing well, you've got a money who gives it everything week in, week out. You know he's going to give you a seven, eight out of ten every week. Allah shows up when he wants to. And then Firmino does well when you're playing against the stronger side because he can come deep and then he links us in the counter-attack. But when teams are sitting deep like that, our fullbacks are so far out wide, our strongest players get shoved down the middle and you're not giving them, you're not utilizing Salah's pace because he's, he's in the middle. And he, I don't care what anyone says, he's not a messy. He's not a Ballon d'Or candidate from that perspective yeah. where he can just create something. He needs space in behind to create something. And also, there's the other question. What the hell is going on? You know, you got, you got. Sorry, I'm going on a rant now, guys. But you, what you got Genie. <laughs> you got Genie, 
You've got Genie who's still d- discussing contracts. You've got Salah who's organizing his own interview saying he wants to move. Not saying it, but subtly putting it out and there, you know, he's open for a move. I mean, these are not good signs. These are not good signs. But I think how overall, you, as you're missing a job. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about Tell us, Claudio? How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you how I feel about all this. I mean, if, if I'm considering Jota as well, Jota getting injured, he puts the front three under pressure right now. No, now, now it's complacent. The front three can go out, they can have a shit game, and they know they're back there again. They can play again. We don't have anyone else challenging but, them. That's the big problem we have. But, but I, I, I thought, you know, especially after I watched the first half against Palace, that you guys were back. I only watched yeah, the first um, half, first half, 60 minutes. I thought, cool, Liverpool are back. Liverpool is going to run away with the league. You know, they just they just blew away Palace. Um, and Palace did have a couple of chances that first half, but they were just not clinical enough. But you guys had three chances, three goals. Boom. You know what I mean? And then now, like, it's just you guys are struggling to create chances. Your first shot to but- target was like 70th minute yesterday. And it wasn't even like a, a serious shot. Like, Fraser Forster, his first game in like two years... Yes, didn't even put him under pressure. Nothing like I, I just, I just, it was I, I, I couldn't recognize the front three of Liverpool yesterday. Um, I, I, I was asking myself, but, is this the same that dominated yeah. the Premier League goals for the last two seasons? But look, they, they are. There are a lot of variables to take into consideration. Yeah, let's let's go back to the Chris, Crystal Palace game. They were on it. They were hot. Everyone was saying, "Geez, they're going to fly. They're going to cruise." Everyone, yeah. and I think themselves were thinking, "Yes, we are. We are the bee's knees. We can do this again." And I think that complacency started setting in straight after that. And to be honest, like Klopp actually came out saying, you know, 7 0 is great. But if I could have won the next three, four games, 1 0, 1 0, 1 0, he would have taken that. And that's the issue now. I think they've tapered off. Yeah. Sam Allardyce came in and said, you know what, guys, I'm going to do what Sam Allardyce does and park my fat ass in front of the, in front of the goal and triple deck a bus. And he did that. And the problem with that, that result came at Anfield. That result came at Anfield and it kind of, it kind of un- released or unleashed rather a nerve that we didn't have for the last two seasons, where it's like, oh, shit, can we score? And now, all of a sudden, from that game, it's gone filtered through to the Newcastle game. We've had our chance. We didn't take a chance. It's gone into the next game, and it's followed through to the Southampton game. And again, you know, one of the other biggest frustrations, are if we're looking at a Man United game, now, don't don't get offended. This is just what I'm saying in terms of based on where we're at. If we're looking at a United game in terms of the results that they're getting with these, these penalties that they're getting, Jurgen Klopp's coming out and he's, he's getting defensive about the two penalty claims yesterday. Yep, there's a blatant hand ball and there was that, that contact in the box. For me as a purist, I don't give either as a penalty. The issue is those penalties are being given in other games and now those are points Liverpool aren't getting because of that. And that's the frustration. So throw that in the mix. Throw that in the did, mix and it all did, starts playing. Did we, did, 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 we, did, did we get a penalty against Wolves for Conor Cody's hand ball? Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, there's other sides have also had legitimate claims. I think you, you can't kind of say, you know, you, it's moments like that where, where you kind of, Klopp undermines that mentality thing that he's got. And I think the, the issue for me with Liverpool, I think complacency is a big issue. And I think, you know, that it's, it's, but also it's happened to a few sides over the course of this season. I think the same thing happened to Spurs. I think we hit a period of complacency that reached us. Um, that might have something to do with Chelsea's kind of downturn. Man City started off the season seemingly very complacent with who they were and, and as a result started off really badly. And I think there's a lot. What's What's been interesting this season is that, and I think it, maybe it's got something to do with not having the crowds in, you know, because maybe on days when you have a day like that, when you're a bit like, meh, then having 50,000 of your, your fans coming at you, 
get you know, put a boot in, then, then that will maybe get you up a bit. And maybe that, that's why it's easier for clubs to go three, four games of just not quite being at their best um, this season. I think Liverpool are now in that phase. Spurs have been in that phase. And hopefully we're getting out of it now with the Leeds game. Um, United, for a while, were very kind of underwhelming for, you know, for a, a long time. And I think Liverpool are now in that bit. And, and it's important, I think, for, for, and, you know, whatever Klopp's saying to the media is probably not what he's saying behind the scenes. Hopefully behind the scenes, he's saying, we need to look at ourselves and really up our game because you shouldn't be crying about a missed penalty against a side. You know, a side like Liverpool should be able to create chances and score no, goals no, and, and no, not I agree. be dependent upon a missed penalty. And I think but, and it was but the, the thing, thing is, that's, that's, played Newcastle. You know, that's mind really, game. That's just the mind game he's putting out there because yeah. now he knows, you know, Man, Man United at the top and he's trying to throw it out there because we're looking at the stats. We know Leicester's leading that count and that's all fair enough and good and well. But... The point is now, if we're looking at, and Jason mentions this, I like that. Harvey Elliott's still a youngster. Is he really going to challenge the front three? I don't think so. And Firmino, you know, he should be getting dropped. I think at this point now, in those sort of games, oh. when a team, no, he should be getting no, dropped. Man. He should be getting dropped no. in, a in, a, in an instance where a team is sitting deeper and the game isn't changing. <laughs> you kept him in the side. You loved him for like a year and a half when he never scored. What I'm <laughs> saying, but listen to what I'm saying. The goal and you're like, out. I'm saying he should be getting dropped in a scenario when the game is 90 minutes and he's ineffective. Maybe he dropped his wrong oh. word, but he should be getting oh, taken hey. off. Because he's ineffective. And you know, Klopp in the last couple of games, you know, he's incredible. But there are certain things that, that, that certain substitutions that he's making. For example, yeah, he's given Ox a, a go here. He's given him a run at his old club, Southampton, sentimental, makes sense. But Curtis Jones has been playing the last couple of games, and he's been great. Yeah. I know he's gone for something different. He's gone for something different because yeah. an oct is direct. But Curtis has been playing. So, you is, know, if is, the guy's been playing all right, let him stay there. That's the other thing. Is like, Keita still injured? Yeah, Keita, you know, Keita, yeah, you, you never know. He's going to get injured. Someone looking at him, who knows what's going on there. Keita's a huge... Like, he's <laughs> when he plays. When he plays, man. Yeah, he's over age. But yeah, man. He's over age, bro. He's got to show now. Current situation, man. 44 years old. I think he might be. I think he might be. But the, the issue, though, is like, if, if you're looking at Liverpool at the moment, the league in itself, it's like what you guys were saying, Matt. You guys were saying... The, the league is extremely volatile right now. You know, we spoke about the Christmas period. The fixtures come thick and fast, right? They yeah. come thick and fast. This season, it's coming thick and fast. That's why an Arsenal can yeah. go for relegation candidates to all of a sudden three points off as Chelsea. Chelsea's soon to be relegation candidates if they don't yeah. do anything and in the next game. Next that's true. It's tough. So, it's tough at the and, and for Liverpool, it's just having consistency right now. Having sets sort of players, guys that are coming back for it, whether or not they sign someone... They should probably sign someone just as backup because we know Matip, another player who's always injured, super, super light. And you know what the sad thing is? Keita gets the brunt of all the injuries because he, he hasn't had to really go like a real run-in. But the other players, Matip, I think is far worse than uh, Keita in terms of injuries. So, yeah. And I, and I like what Scott said. My rant's over. I don't know if anyone else wants because I can keep Do going. Take Jolinton? Do you want to take Jolinton oh. from <laughs> no, but, 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 but Claudio, what, what I can say about um, not just the Premier League, right? Um, the top five leagues are all bunched up and tight, yep. right? Um, Leipzig are two points off 
uh, Bayern Munich in the in the Bundesliga. You know, normally Bayern by this time is already eight points ahead. Bayern was losing two 0 at half the last game of the weekend. Sharp, they end up scoring five goals in the second half, but they they're conceding goals. They're not as as, as clinical. Um, Juve is ten points behind AC Milan in 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 Serie A. Yeah. Uh, but Atletico has only considered three goals this season and they're number one. And Barca's like 10 points behind and Real Madrid's only like eight points behind. And then uh, what's his PSG's number two on the log. You know what I mean? So every league where the 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 the, the defending champions aren't dominating. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. only it's only it's only Bundesliga where the defending champions uh, okay, and Premier League where the defending champions are number one. But the number ones are like two points ahead and they won their last season by fifteen points. Yeah. So it's that it's a COVID league, man. It's just, it's unpredictable. People are tired, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's just going to throw out, uh, different challenges, no crowds and everything. So, and COVID, uh, people test positive, people's mental state, how are they, how are they feeling mentally being locked up at home? You know what I mean? Some people don't have pot, like don't have girlfriends or wives to, to at least talk to at home. They just live alone. I heard a thing where Ericsson has been struggling in Timberland because he was sleeping on, uh, Romero Lukaku's couch. He couldn't find a home. He couldn't find himself a house. You're telling you know, me a, a footballer playing for Inter Milan doesn't have a spare bedroom? What's going on? On the couch. It's probably his, yeah. It's, 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 it's a very neat to be a You know, <laughs> he was living with Lukaku and living with Ashley Cole and, and Ashley Ashley Young. You know what I mean? And and he hasn't found himself a home. He's struggling with the language, and that's why they say he struggled at Inter Milan. So all these things just play into. The, the, the footballers' minds and a lot of goals being conceded and stuff. And I think it's just going to continue for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? You never know. Arsenal could win the league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I don't buy that bullshit. They've got the best job in the world. They've got no stresses in life. I don't care. People are worried about COVID. What are they worried about? They can still go and play there. They, they can go to work every day. I, I yeah. don't buy that. They must sort their lives out. Yeah, also this whole dynamic does incentivize the coaches now as well because if they can get like five or five or six runs, uh, five or six good games on the run, they're looking in contention to win any league, you know, like uh, if any of our teams were to get uh, six games or yeah, maximum points out of six games, yeah. it would be great. We'd we'll be fighting at the top. Yeah. Building that, that game. Game. The number three. So you, yeah, say exactly. you say I've got a chance. Yeah, you've got a chance, champ. Oh, 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 oh. Can you chance. believe it? You've got a chance, my man. <laughs> you've definitely got a chance to be Europa, man. Stop saying yeah. Europa. Yes. <laughs> but me and you this weekend, uh, me and you this weekend, Wonga, we were going pound for pound in the FA Cup there. There's a lot more pounds on your manager's seat than at uh, United. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wonga, we lost you, man. You've been sitting quiet. You've, been, you've literally been on mute. We can't hear a word you're you mute. said. You're mute. Oh, hectic. You guys should have talked to the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why this guy wasn't saying anything. Oh, <laughs> okay. no, no one's listening to me. Everyone's ignoring everything I say. <laughs> you know what it is, Matt? Matt, it's because he's got yes, so much yes. energy from the Arsenal, Arsenal doing all right that he's walking yeah, up yeah. and down, he's switching his mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he can't contain himself. Yeah, he switched off and then... Ah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, man, man. Guys, Arsenal, we, we're still taking it easy. Still, uh, all I can say is that Lampard must give Arteta a shout there. 
Maybe you can maybe that's the experience you can give him. Uh, those oh, few weeks. You know, give him a bit of experience there. <laughs> Arteta's been through it. There's, there's, he doesn't need experience anymore. He's been through it. He's been through it with COVID and all. And so we'll be fine, Oaks. Don't worry. We'll be fine. Uh, that, I just want to say, oh, like, to, to Settle's point and Matt's point in terms of not having fans, in terms of what's going on with COVID, I think classic case of Liverpool right now is that they are human. Two years of like really, really doing a lot is uh, it is tiring. So they're just yeah, taking absolutely. a break and they probably just needed this kick up the backside to, to bounce back. So guys, don't rule them out for their title yet. And um, to, to, to what you're saying about the not fans, Matt, Trent has definitely one of the players that has suffered from not having fans. And these little complacencies that were never there all of a sudden are there because of that particular fact. Right, before we end off, last last words, everyone. All the best, all the best to to to, to Matt tonight in the in the, in the uh, what's this Carabao Cup. Hopefully, we can face each other in the final, man. Yeah, yeah, six one in the final would be a nice result. <laughs> <laughs> all the best. Brentford better win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Remember, if you don't know what to be, be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Yeah. Oh, wait. We're still live.